God's Little Brown Church Sermon Series featuring Pastor Andrew Chrysler. Praise the Lord. Good morning, it's February 12th, 2023. Message this morning is follow Jesus. Which if we want to do what we were talking about, we were pleading with God for last week, which was for the Lord to heal our land, it has to start with us following Jesus. Scripture, Second Chronicles 7.14, which we talked about in the message, says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. God gave that promise to the people of Israel, talking about praying toward the temple. But Scripture also tells us that when Peter went to Cornelius' house and he began to share, as he began to talk about Jesus, that the Holy Spirit fell. And Peter said, Now that I realize that in whatever place those who seek the Lord are accepted by Him. Another translation says those who seek the Lord will be found by Him. If we decide to draw close to the Lord, first off, we can't do that without the Lord drawing us. No one can come to Jesus except the Father draw Him. Jesus Himself said that. No one can come to Me except My Father draw them. So the very idea, the very concept of drawing near to the Lord is because God put it in our mind. It's like, I want that relationship. Back in Genesis, the Spirit of the Lord would walk in the garden with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. How's that for a relationship? Just walking with the Lord. Many years ago, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, 30 years and two weeks ago, when I stopped running from the God, running from God and turned around, crying out to the Lord on a, uh, a uh, dirt road on the backside of a golf course on a Navy base that's long since been closed, crying out to the Lord just walking down this road. And when I stopped running from God and surrendered my life to Him, it was like He was right there and wrapped His arms around me. I remember it. There's a lot of things I don't remember from 30 years ago, but I remember this. That God touched and changed my life. I am no longer the person that I used to be. Now, granted, I don't have to wear a veil over my face like Moses did because I've been so much in the presence of the Lord that it just shines out of every pore of my being. But I'm not the person I was. And I'm on the journey that God has lead, led me on. And as we go to follow the Lord, when Jesus called His disciples, He was like, you follow me, you follow me. You know, you know how it goes. But then later, Jesus says something real interesting. In Matthew 16, beginning with verse 24, Jesus said to His disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Now this same passage is... The same event is is, uh, related in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we're going to read it a little bit later in Luke. Think about that. Jesus is talking to the people. He's already said, follow me. But he's not just talking to them. He says, if anybody, if anyone desires to come after me, this is the criteria. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Um, Famous quote from Jim Elliott. He is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And and, uh, Paul says something similar, which came in, went right through my brain, and kept on going, so it's not coming out my mouth. But there's, if we desire to follow Jesus, it's going to cost something. It's going to be a surrendering of my will. But remember back in, uh, we see it a lot in the book of Judges, but we also see it in First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, how the people did that which was right in their own eyes. My ways might be fairly decent on a human scale, but my ways aren't perfect. And because my ways aren't perfect, I have to stand before a holy God having righteousness that's not my own. That righteousness comes from Jesus. We read about that in Isaiah 53, verses 10 through 12 says, if you will take, if, When you claim His soul, being Jesus, as a sacrifice for sin, He that is the Father looks down and sees Him that is the Son standing in our place and is satisfied. We boldly come before the throne of grace, not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is and what He's done on my behalf. So if I want to follow Jesus, I have to say, first off, my way is not going to get me there. I can't be good enough on my own to get to Jesus. I can't be good enough to get to heaven. I can't be good enough to make my wife happy. But because of Jesus, because of the work He's doing in my life, I'm not the person that I used to be. I'm no longer following my own ways. I'm following the things of the Lord. When I look in Scripture, it says, Husbands, love your wife. Well, I'm a husband. Guess what? That means that's a commandment to me. As I look into Scripture and begin to apply it to my life, as all of us do this, we look into Scripture and we apply it to our life, it makes us over into the image of God. We were created in God's image after His likeness. That was in the garden. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And they formed Adam from the dust of the earth and breathed life into him and man became a living soul made in the image of God. And each of us is precious. Not just us. Each person is made in the image of God. And Scripture says it's not God's will that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Which means there's a a calling from the Lord for each person to turn and follow His ways. But Jesus said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Let's drop on down to Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 17. Story of the rich young ruler. 
says that he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Stop right there for just a minute. The man knew he was lacking something. You don't go say, hey, how do I fix this without realizing something's broken. But he says, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but the one, and that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all of these things I have kept from my youth. Stop there for a minute. I've been doing all of these commandments, and I still know I'm missing something. I still know I'm lacking. That just keeping the commandments doesn't fulfill the promise of God. Doesn't... Like, um, oh, where is it? There's a, a, a parable... And I can't think of what it is. It's spinning around in my mind right now. Oh, no, it's not a parable. It's, 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 uh, it's over in the epistles that aren't of Paul, which narrows it down to a few, um, where it says, if we do what the Lord has called us to do, why should we expect, expect a reward? We've only done what we were expected to do. If you go to work and you do your job, and you do your job exactly the way the job is supposed to be done, don't be surprised if you don't get a reward because you only did what you were supposed to do. You ever think about that? And that's on the natural, that's in the human standpoint. So when we do what God calls us to, commands us to do, and we are obedient to what He calls us to do, what's the, there's no special reward for that. This guy says, I've kept all of these commandments and I still lack something. What good thing must I do? What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He knew, even keeping all the commandments, that that wasn't getting him into heaven. That wasn't getting him eternal life. Verse 21, Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross and follow me. Stop right there for a minute. We have a friend who is always referencing this verse. He's like, see, you're not supposed to have money. You're supposed to give away everything you have. That is not what the scripture says. What the scripture says is, this young man had an obstacle in his heart, had an idol in his heart that was holding him back. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him, identified what it was, and says, this is what you need to do. But he didn't, he didn't just say, go and sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. He didn't stop right there. He said, and come and follow me. Get rid of the things in your life that's holding you back but then come and follow me. Following Jesus means walking away from things. Following Jesus means laying things aside. Following Jesus means a change of life. Repentance literally means to change your mind about something and change your direction. 
I know the direction I was going in before that, before January 27th, 1993. I know the direction I was going in. But God touched me and turned my heart. And I'm not the person that I used to be because I allowed Him to change me. I, allowed, I surrendered and said, I've made a mess of this life, but if you, can have, if you can do anything with it, it's yours. And I turned around. And I began to let Him lead me. I began to let Him teach me. I began to let Him show me things. Show me things in His Scripture. Of, shortly after I came back to the Lord, somebody handed me a Book of Mormon. And I started reading it, and all of a sudden I had this check in my spirit that said, you don't know what your own Bible says, why are you reading someone else's? Remember it, clear as day. Wasn't an audible voice, but it was all of a sudden a fully formed thought in my mind. And as I laid it down, I said, okay, I put that on the shelf, and I began reading my Bible, and I came across a scripture Paul says, if I or an angel from heaven comes to you bringing any other gospel than that which you've received, let him be accursed. And I went back over and I picked up the, the Book of Mormon and I flipped through the you know, first couple of pages and it's supposed to be from an angel Moroni comes bringing another gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm like, wait a minute. Set it down, never touched it again. Does that mean that everyone who is in the Church of Mormon is going to hell? Absolutely not. But any person, no matter where they are, no matter what teaching they're sitting under, if they don't come in relationship with Jesus Christ and allow God to touch and change their lives, they are. They are going to hell. That's what, the, that's what my Bible tells me. That's what Scripture says. That there is one way to the Father and that's through, through Jesus Christ. And if we will submit to the Lord, if we will seek His face, just as Cornelius and his household, they were righteous people, but they didn't know about the gospel as they went, but they were sincerely seeking God, and God met them where they are. There are people in, in churches and mosques and, and all over, in, in the woods and all over the world who are seeking God because something's not making sense and God's meeting them at the point of their need. You'll hear stories about uh, people being in a mosque and praying and all of a sudden Jesus walks in the middle of the mosque. I've heard it many, many times in many different countries. As people are sincerely seeking God, they may not know who they seek. In fact, Jesus t or, uh, Paul told the... Um, the people in Athens, you serve a God, you're serving a God that you don't even know who He is. Let me introduce Him to you. But if we're seeking God, if you're wanting to draw close to the God who created heaven and earth, He's going to make a way. He's going to draw us by His Spirit. Getting back to this, Mark 10, the final verse there, Mark verse 22. Jesus is just told him to sell his treasure, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. Verse 22 says, But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Which is what Jesus perceived, what Jesus recognized in him in the first place. I have, I have done all of these things. What can I do to, to gain eternal life? And Jesus says, All of the things that you have are holding you back. You need to learn to let go. You need to learn to trust. You need to seek God's ways. God's ways don't mean an empty bank account. God's ways don't mean a full bank account. 
God's ways mean seeking Him and not letting anything get in the way of holding us back, denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following Him. Back to Matthew 10, beginning with verse 34. Jesus talking, He says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. Stop right there for just a minute. Is this saying Jesus wants us to be in fights in our, neighbor, in our household? No. That is not what it's saying. That says that we will be enemies. We will have enemies within our own, our own household. We will have turmoil within our own household. Because if we're going to be obedient to the Lord and other people around us are not, there's going to be a conflict. Just like your friend, um, which we're recording now, so I'm not going to give the name, but just like your friend had said that she didn't want to hear the name of Jesus, she didn't want you talking to anyone else about Jesus either. You wanted to, to put a stop to it. But God has called us to show His love and to reach out to the people around us. Um, Verse 37, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Stop right there for just a minute. Jesus talks about the division that will come in the household, but it comes down to, do we love them more than we love God? When there's a conflict, when people don't want you telling them about Jesus... Do we love them so much that we disobey God? Or do we obey God knowing that there's going to be turmoil and going to be issues? Do we trust that God is the one who can work it out? God is the only one who can change a heart. I cannot change anyone's heart. My own family included. But I can tell them about Jesus and I can live out a life of seeking the Lord in front of them. That's what I can do. Verse 39, he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. All, of it, all this is about pointing people to the Lord. As we follow Jesus, as we uh, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him, as we go through this life following Jesus... It's a witness and a testimony to the people who see us. There are people watching you each and every day. Many of them, or some of them, we'll do it that way. Some of them are looking for you to mess, to mess up so that they don't have to feel bad about not listening. Back before I came back to the Lord... Those that don't know, I grew up in a church. I walked out at 17 because of sin in my life and for 16 years did not darken a church door. But I knew the Word of God. I grew up hearing the Word of God. I knew the power of God was real. I knew God changed people's lives. He just hadn't changed mine. And when I would see people who claimed to be Christians acting in ways that weren't Christ-like, I was persecuting them like Paul. I mean, I wasn't delivering them to the council to be, to be prisoned, but I certainly wasn't a nice person to them. 
I was certainly mean and anxious. I couldn't live out a Christian life, and I just proved that even though they, they claimed to, they weren't living out a Christian life either, and I'd rub their noses in it. I was mean. Praise God for His mercy. Praise God for His love that touched and changed my heart. There's a problem when we go through this life doing things our own way. When we go through this life not following the Lord. You see, everybody faces turmoil. Everybody faces hardship. Scripture says the rain, rain falls on the just and the unjust. Peter said, don't consider it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to test you as though some strange things happen, because these same things are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Everybody goes through things. You will not go through this life without suffering heartbreak. You will not go through this life without experiencing loss. You will not go through this life without experiencing turmoil. It does not happen. But by following the Lord... We have a comforter. By following the Lord, we have a perspective that no matter what's going on, Jesus is still Lord of my life. He is still directing my steps. He is still calling me for a plan and purpose. And I have that promise that God causes all things to work together for good. To them who love Him, to them who are called according to His purpose. I know God has called me. No doubt about it. Seen it happen. I should have been dead or crippled. I should have been dead. Several times. I should have been crippled several times. And here I am standing. Because I know that God has a plan and purpose. He is not done with me yet. I can declare, Ebenezer, this far the Lord has been with me. He's never left me. He's never deserted me. He's never taken His hand off of me. He's never stopped guiding me. It doesn't mean it's always been a pleasant trip. There's been highs and lows and, and corners and pits and all kinds of things. There's been heartbreak and loss. But I'm not alone. I'm never alone. You're never alone. As we follow the Lord, Mary and Martha sent messengers to Jesus. Come quickly. The one that you love is sick. And Jesus tarried where he was for two more days. That's very important. Because when Jesus got there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. If Jesus got there when Lazarus had been dead for two days, and he called him out of the tomb, they would be pretty sure it was a mistake. He wasn't really dead. But after four days, Lord, by now he stinketh. That's how it says in the King James. If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I know you're going to raise him up in the, in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall never die. And these or who dies and believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And, and called Lazarus out of the tomb. We go through grief. We go through loss. We go through pain. Following God isn't, you know, the old, the old country song, I beg your par pardon, I never promised you a rose garden. Along with the sunshine, you just got to be a little rain sometime. I grew up in, the, I grew up in Florida I, with my cousins from Alabama and Georgia. So, uh, you know, I can, do, I can do a twang pretty good if I got to. 
And when I get around family, it just comes natural. This devil, devil attests to it. But no matter what's going on in our life, we are not alone if we're following Jesus. That involves denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following Him. John 12, beginning with verse 42, says, talking about many people believing, says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed Him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. It's written in the Scripture that these people believed, but would not confess Jesus because there was going to be a cost. They didn't deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Him. I have to look in a mirror. I have to look in the mirror of Scripture. Do I fear, or do I love the praise of men more than the, more than the praise of God? Generally, the answer is no. But I can't honestly say that always the answer is no. So there's condemnation there. There's conviction there through Scripture. Conviction, not condemnation. I'm not condemned, but I'm convicted of sin. Of not putting the Lord first. Of allowing an idol to spring up in my life. If I fear, if I, if I desire the praise of men more than the praise of God, I've put men above God. Woe is me. John 21, verse 15. Jesus has, by this point, been crucified, raised from the dead. Um, and but as Peter told the other disciples, I go a-fishing, and took them fishing with him. And they came back and they fished all night and they didn't have anything. Jesus told them to put down their nets again. They got a great uh, batch of fish. They come to the shore. And Jesus has got food on the, on the uh, fire. Verse 15, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Jesus said, you know I love you. I th thought it was interesting as I was looking through this. Jesus is asking, do you have a sacrificial agape love for me? And Peter answers this, you know I'm fond of you. You know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my sheep. Then a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said the third time, do you love me? Actually, Peter was grieved because he said the third time, Peter, do you have affection for me? It wasn't anymore. Do you have the sacrificial agape love that it was the first two times? The third time it was, do, are, do you care about me? Peter was grieved. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourselves and walked where you, where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, 
follow me. You're going to go through hardship in your life, Peter. You're going to, to uh, be crucified. You know, Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified the same way Jesus was. G Peter was persecuted throughout his life as he would try to share the gospel. Peter was thrown in prison. Uh, all of these things happened to him. But Jesus said, follow me. Following the Lord... Through the turmoil is where we grow. Following the Lord through the turmoil is where we see His blessing, where we see God's hand at work. Following the Lord when everything's, when everything's rosy, first off, doesn't last long. But we don't grow. We don't, we don't mature without our faith being tested without our lives being tested. We don't grow and we don't, we don't draw closer to the Lord. We, we're not strengthened in our faith. Final passage, Luke 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, as Jesus, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. It's not just a one-time deal. It's a daily. We are tested. We are tempted. We are tried daily as we go through this life. Are we willing to follow? Am I willing to follow the Lord today? Not just the past 30 years. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to follow Him today. Paul said at one point uh, that he didn't consider himself to have attained. He hadn't yet been perfected. But he said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind, I focus on the things that are ahead, and I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Today, I have to be serving the Lord. Today, I have to take up my cross and follow Him. Today is the new day. The tender mercies of the Lord are fresh and new each morning. It tells us that in Psalms. Every day, God gives us a new day. And every day, He has given us exactly what we need for that day. Are we willing to trust Him? Or are we going to allow these other things to, to hold us back? Take up your cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is is it to a man if he gains the whole world and he has himself is destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes to his own glory and in the Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. God has a plan and purpose for your life and mine. But to walk in that purpose, we have to be willing to follow Him. No matter what our circumstances, no matter what the situation, no matter what the trials and testings, if there's anything in our life that it gets in the way of following the Lord, we need to be willing to lay it down. Let Him deny Himself. Take up His cross and follow me. Father, we thank You. We thank you, Lord, for the renewed call to seek your face, the renewed call to draw close to you, the renewed call, Father, to lay aside those things, those barriers, those weights that hold us down. Father, that we might walk 
in your grace and walk in your love and walk in your mercy. Father, be glorified in us. Lord, use us, direct us, guide us, make us vessels fit for the Master's use. That you be glorified, that others may see our good work and glorify our Father in heaven. That it not be for our own praise or our own benefit, Lord. But that your will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. And we give you praise, Father. We give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit glbcdt.org.